and was checked. The puck sat there for a moment. Now York is shot. Score! Ken York's first in the natural. And it's 2-1 Philadelphia. This is episode 96 of the Liberty L. Danny Deemer here with Chris Stompo. As always, how are you, buddy? Dude, I'm fantastic. I mean, we finally got an off-season to be excited about. It's been it's been forever. It's been like a decade since we've had a notable off-season with big trades. And I feel like this is just the beginning. I mean, we know this is just the beginning. He did it, Danny. We finally got some fucking action. He finally did something. We've been sitting on this pod for how long talking about this domino with this defense and how something's got to give, right? And we finally, finally seen an aggressive move by this team. And something that we said earlier, like, holy shit. It's a weird feeling because you don't really, not really used to the, the action, especially this early. I mean, the the cup's not even done yet. So it's, it's exciting, man. It's a Flyers fan. It's nice to see movement, right? Dude, I mean, we've been doing this podcast for about four seasons now. And I feel like we've never gotten the offseason we've wanted, the offseason we've hyped up throughout these last four years. I mean, even when we started the podcast, like, the excitement of that is for shit like this, right? Like, yeah. head, headlines, blockbuster trades, like, that's the shit you want to have. That's that's what I want to be discussing, especially with you on this podcast. And it feels great. It feels great to be relevant. Like, we're relevant today. <laughs> we might not be uh, in a week, but we're relevant for today. So let's go over the trade while we're Let's just getting into it. So Columbus, they get Ivan Provorov, obviously. And L.A. is kind of the middleman between us with this deal. So they retain 30% of Ivan Provorov's salary. They get Hayden Hodgson and Kevin Connaughton from us. And then we get Cal Peterson, which is a salary dump from L.A. He makes about $5 million. I think he has two years left on that. Um, Sean Walker, he makes about 2.65, and he has a year left. Um, the 23rd uh, the twenty third pick first round this year, which is the 22nd overall pick, so we add to that in one of the deepest drafts in the last decade. And then two second-round picks, which are both in 2024. One of them are conditional. And then Helge Granz, I don't want to butcher his name, but that's a right-handed defenseman. He's 21 years old. Had nine points in 70 games last year in the AHL. So, I mean, a haul, man. An absolute haul for a guy who has been mediocre for the last three years and did not want to be here. The, the more I read up on this Granz kid, the more excited I get. Like, I'm not expecting yeah. fucking Victor Hedman out of this kid. <laughs> Just, it's it's a piece. It's something to get excited about, something yeah. to build a pipeline. Like, when you trade a guy like Ivan Provov, all those minutes, the on-paper 1D, it's nice to kind of get something back that makes you feel like it wasn't you just losing something in your depth chart. Yeah. Full sale. It's, it, like, replenishes the pipeline in a way. Exactly. And, like, you make a great point with the right-handed defenseman. I mean, what Ethan Sampson, that's one. Obviously, we have Ronnie Adderd. That's another guy. But other than those two guys, I mean, Wyatt Wiley, pretty sure he's right-handed as well. But, I mean, we do not have any depth on that side and getting a right-handed defenseman in here along with those picks i mean we'll get into it later with the the draft but i mean i feel like the excitement of getting provorov off the books 
And then also it also opens up York to go back to his natural left side, which is huge. Obviously it wasn't the the main vocal point of the deal, but it's something that you get in the deal that uh, is, is, it's nice to look at because, I mean, we've been sitting on this pod for a very long time saying we need to get that kid back on his natural side, and this does it. You get picks for it, you get a right-handed defenseman prospect, and all you got to do is take on a, one shitty contract. I mean, Walker's fine. I think you can get assets for him at this trade deadline. So take on $5 million for Peter, uh, for Pedersen or Peterson. I don't know which one it is for the next two years, year. So, I mean, that's, that's nothing for a team that's not going to be winning anytime soon. So, I mean, it's a great deal. It's a great first deal. It's a blockbuster first deal. And I'm excited to see what he does next because now I have faith. Like, I had blind faith before just because I had a good gut feeling and that was something that me and you have said time and time again. But now I have something that I can look at and be like, okay, that gives me even more faith because, I mean, this is just a good deal if you look at it. In every single way possible, it's a good deal for both sides. I mean, people are going to, like, harp on Columbus for giving up a first and a second. But, I mean, Provorov is not going to be playing on that top pair. He's going to be playing on a second pairing with, a, I don't know if it's going to be Gavrikov. I don't know if he's going to get traded. But, I mean, it's going to be somebody better than fucking Tony D'Angelo or, like, Ristolainen. I mean, they ha- don't have a bad defense over there, so I mean, they want and they're committing and they to got. their direction. Yeah, and I gotta respect that. Yeah, like, I, I as a fan of a team that's middled for a decade, I respect it. Like they're putting their chips on the table, uh, especially a small market like that, and they seem to do that often. Whenever they have an opportunity to put the chips on the table, Columbus does that, and I kind of respect that out of them. But it does it puts some clarity on the logjam at defense that we've mm-hmm. mo- bitch and moaned about on this podcast. Uh, rightfully so. We take on some contracts that, yeah, they're not the best, but they, they're timeline-fitting contracts. Yeah. Like, by like these guys won't be flyers when it's time to compete. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters. And the biggest thing, it's a huge vote of confidence for York. Like, even just listening to that press conference uh, just now with Danny Briere, you can tell the importance of York's development. Like, they're stressing it, yeah. and rightfully so. And I think something is important when you get into talking about York and how it does open up him going back to that left side. And I've seen a lot of people, especially today with this trade happening, talk about how like you can't put on that top pairing because you don't want to do the same thing to Provorov that you did. You know, I'm sorry, you didn't. You don't want to do the same thing to York that you did to Provorov and kind of overplaying him at a young age and giving him all these heavy minutes. And while I agree with that, absolutely. They're not in the same spot that they were when Provorov was 21, 22, 23. They were in win-now mode back then, and they didn't have anybody to play that spot. So, of course, they're going to throw in their seventh overall pick who can log those minutes. It might not be elite, but he could log those minutes, and he did. Now they're in lose mode. They're in rebuild rebuild mode. New York's going to get probably that top pairing minutes, but it's not going to be 26, 27 minutes a night. It's going to just be 24, 23. I mean, you don't have to play that first, that top pairing any more than you play the second pairing. I mean, it doesn't have to be, oh, the top pairing automatically plays 26, 27 minutes a night. Like, you can evenly play, and I'm sure Tortorella will, those two pairings evenly. So, I, I don't personally worry about that. I would put them up there. Like, right now, I would probably go York Walker. Sandheim, Risto, Sealer, Adder, slash D'Angelo. I don't know what they're going to do with D'Angelo. 
And then you got Zamula and Andre who are going to battle for spots at camp. But, I mean, unless one of those guys blow the door down, it's probably what you're looking at top six-wise. So, it is interesting. It's going to have to be by committee in all regards yeah. of this team. I mean, we're rebuilding. Like, we don't have any stars. It's it's always going to have to be by committee. Um, you just mentioned Zamula, Adder, mm-hmm. and Andre. Like, these are guys that you would hope they take steps forward as well and just fill out the depth chart. And this provides that opportunity for them. And that's another reason why this trades a W. It's just across yeah. the board, we needed to get that log jam out of the way and move onward. And that's what we're doing now. It's nice to see action, Danny. I mean, that was like the first word that we used. So, I mean, and we, and, and we got a first round pick in this draft. Like, are no. you, that, that could have been pick 32. Doesn't matter. We got a first round pick in the 2023 draft. That's huge. It is. I mean, it you really want to get into is. it now while we're here. I mean, we might as well. We, I mean, we're going to be talking about the Provorov trade the entire episode, so we might as well just. Yeah, and like we'll mix in a little heart, little heart discussion. Yeah, I mean that's interesting. It's definitely something that we'll bring up. But, um, so yeah, twenty second overall pick. I mean, I feel like that's something. I mean, it's huge, and it's not something that a lot of people are talking about right now because I mean this is a very deep draft, and I mean now you can look at that twenty second overall pick in mock drafts and I mean even your own rankings if you do follow prospects and get excited I mean they are going to get another good player in this draft and I'm not saying that it's going to be elite like the top 12 is in this draft I mean it's really drops off after like 10 but I mean they're going to get a good player with obvious obvious holes in their game because that's why they're available at 22 but I mean you're going to get a good player and it's got to be defenseman, right? I mean, we talked about it before we hit record. It's got to be defenseman. I mean, look at this fucking defense I just read aloud. I mean, it's pretty bad, other than York and, like, maybe Sanheim on a good day. But other than that, like, they don't have a guy. And if they don't go defenseman with the seventh pick, which I obviously I don't think they will, unless it's Reinbacher, you got to look defenseman with that second pick, you would think, right? And you get the sense that... They think someone's going to be available then. They they thought oh, this was perfect. Will. Whether it's oh, a defenseman, absolutely. a forward, like Riley Height might be there. Matthew Wood. Yeah, even if, if it pans know. out to spec, even if it like pans out perfectly for the other twenty-one picks, in terms of they just pick the best talent, best to worst, one through twenty-one, you're still getting a stud at twenty-two. Yeah. Even if they nail the first twenty-one. There's like there's still a good chance you're getting a stud at 22. It's very exciting. Like right now, like you said, there's there should be a defenseman available, mm-hmm. and if there's not, that means there should be a forward available. And that applies to the seventh pick too, but in in more of a sense, with yeah, the 22nd, so, 22nd, yeah, you yeah. can address a need more as the best player available. I still you still kind of want to go best player available, yeah. but if if it's like a toss up, you can lean towards your need. Like yeah, and that's exactly what Danny Briere said with Jason on the pod. He basically was like, he was asked whether or not you would go need at seventh rather than just best player overall. And he was like, especially in this draft and at that pick seventh, you just go best player overall. And then he mentioned later in the draft, now that's more so when you do fill holes in need. So absolutely, he if Sandine Axel Pelica is there, which I don't think he will be, at 22, you absolutely take him, Guliev. Simashev, any of those guys would be great. I mean, right now, mydraftdaily.com. No, mydraft.com, that's it. Right now, 22nd, 
they have Riley Height as the pick there. I mean, we get a guy like Riley Height, twenty second overall. I mean, that's yeah, exciting. like you get you get Leonard and Height. It's like yeah, right. What the hell, dude? Just like that, we're back. Obviously, I'd like it to be a defenseman, but yeah, I mean that's two extremely exciting offensive prospects. One in height with an extremely high offensive ceiling, and then Ryan Leonard, who's already a really good overall player. I mean, you don't see an issue in Ryan Leonard's game. You have questions whether or not some of his, if some of his attributes are going to be elite, but you don't really have questions about one little thing. He doesn't have a weakness, in my opinion. Like, I just watch him. I'm like, he's just good everywhere. He's big. He's physical. Elite shot. Underrated play hand-making and the hands. It's just, he's very fun to watch. So, I mean, if we can get both of those guys, that's an exciting time, dude. We'll be on this podcast very excited, screaming. You know what's exciting to me? Obviously, we have this month, this June, and this upcoming draft, but the framework that's being laid for the 2024 draft is what really excites me. Yeah. Like they they are stacking for that one. They are. They are. Let's look at that right now. That's a really good point. So right now they have their pick obviously next year, Florida's pick, the conditional 2024, which could turn into in 2025 if it's a top 10 pick, which I don't think it will be, but it could be. They don't have their own second round pick, but they have Columbus's and LA's and then they have a third, a fourth, two fifths next year. So I mean, yeah, that's that's front loaded right there, man. The first two rounds. And we don't know where the Jay O'Brien lapsed yeah. rights pick is going to yes. go, but let's say that goes to 2024. That's Oof, three seconds. Just like that. Just like that, you got five picks in, in the top two rounds. Exactly, man. Right back at it. Right back and at And that's it. before a Carter Hart trade. That's before a, yeah. I don't know, like a Sean Couturier, Kevin Hayes, or whatever you do down the line. That's before all of that. Question for you. Do you think? I mean, this is something that I asked you before we hit record. But do you think that maybe they were okay with taking a 2024 second in that Provorov deal because they have a idea that maybe the Jay O'Brien pick is this year, or am I just like kind of thinking too much into it? I I haven't, dude. I'm, I have no idea about the Jay O'Brien pick, and it seems like nobody else does. What's up with that? It's like, one of the it's one of the weirder things I've seen <laughs> in my time as being a fan. I'm serious. It's one of the weirder <laughs> things I've seen in my time of being like. There's no explanation for this. I know. No one can give me a concrete answer. I'm sure it's out. It might be out there somewhere, but I haven't seen a concrete answer on the Jay O'Brien uh, lapsed rights pick. I mean, I'm pretty sure Briere got asked about it a couple weeks ago, and even he was like, yeah, I I, I really have no idea. Like, no <laughs> yeah, one told dude, me that. anything. That's insane. What is this league? <laughs> Seriously. I mean, we could talk about the Flyers getting the, 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 the stadium series game real quick with New Jersey next yeah. year. Where is that at? MetLife? MetLife, yeah. Might, might have to show up to that. That's Extremely awesome. intoxicated. Might that's all, especially if around that time, let's say the young guns are going. But <laughs> we're not, we're not a playoff team. But like, let's just say we're, but we're here competitive. To yeah, we're here for that one game. Yeah, like just like when we played the Penguins at the link the one year. We're, we're here for that one game to talk yeah. shit. And if uh, York goes bar down on a pass from Frost, like I'm gonna let him hear it. We're that but, uh, I love that it's against the Devils too, because yeah. I really think Flyers Devils is the matchup. If well, if we get there, I'm giving us way too much credit. The Devils are gonna get there. Uh, if we get there, it's gonna be Flyers Devils for a long time. So I kind of like this tone, this tone setter here. Give the young guys an outdoor game, like Frosty in an outdoor game. 
York and outdoor game. It should be fun, dude. In all reality, they probably get smacked, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they probably get smacked, but if it's a fun game... Oh, yeah, dude. That'd be so like, nice. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy that. Not, we will be talking shit. But I went on the New Jersey Devils cap friendly a couple of nights ago. Mm-hmm. And I, it reminded me that Jack Hughes is locked up Fuck. to $8 million, $8 million for the next seven years, and I just got chest pain. Like, that, they are a problem. With the cap Jack Hughes. Soon. Jack Hughes at eight million. Look at the Maple Leafs. Like their guys held out and still took over ten. All of like that's, oh my god, that's the difference right there in winning and losing. Oh, we talked they're about right. it too with New Jersey. I mean, they're gonna be, they're gonna be around for a while, my man. Like get used to that horn. Get used to the the jersey, the colors, mm-hmm. because like if we ever get good again. Yeah, get used to that. Yeah, because we, we will play them a lot. I mean, they have Nemich coming, who like nobody talks about. I mean, <sighs> Luke Hughes had his games last uh, year in the playoffs, and yeah, I mean that's fun. But I'm Nemich might be better, and he's right-handed. It's it's they're extremely extremely scary because they're gonna be like I said around for a very long time. And if we get there, like you said, that's gonna renew the rivalry that my my father had. And how he, I mean, he, I tell you all the time, Danny, when we talk about the Flyers, he hates them. And he, obviously, I wasn't, I was like three or four when that rivalry was going. But I mean, if we can get there, and obviously that's down the road, but if we do get there, that rivalry is 100% going to get renewed. And we're going to, like, it's going to be like opening a window to, oh, okay, I get it now. Like, fuck New Jersey. I mean, I always kind of hated them because of him. Growing up, I mean, because he's always t- taught me, like, we hate the Devils, we hate the Penguins, but I mean, seeing it, getting to experience a true rivalry, like, obviously we had the Penguins in 2012, that was cool, but I mean, I was also like 11, 12, but I, I want something like that, so if we can get there, obviously down the road, like I said, it's, it's an exciting thing to think about, because like you said, eight years at eight mil, he's not going anywhere, man, and he's a superstar, so. It's terrifying. It's really terrifying. I want to go to war with the Devils throughout <laughs> the years. I hope we get to that level, and I hope we just trade blows with them year after year. Gauthier versus Hughes. I, I, pr- I pray it happens. I pray we get there yeah. because we have to get to that level. <clears throat> the me- Metro is insanely difficult, and it's not going to get no. much easier. I mean, the, the way the Metro works is as soon as one team, like the Penguins, they have a down year. Other teams just spawn up and take their spot. Yeah. I mean, look at the Blue Jackets. Yeah, they're I mean, coming. The, they're coming. I mean, they're hiring they're Mike coming. Babcock after the playoffs end, apparently. Yep. So, I mean, they're going for it here. I mean, don't know if that Kevin Hayes to Carolina's is not going to go away. Like, Yeah. No, Carolina, yeah, absolutely yeah, not. It's a problem. So, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. So, February 17th against the Devils. It all starts, Danny. The rivalry will be renewed at least a little bit. The cracks will be cracked. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be fun, man. Hopefully, it's a good game. Hopefully, we're not. Hopefully, we don't get fucking killed. But just make it yeah, interesting, like, well, right? Yeah. Like, what if Tippett just throws like a big hit <laughs> in that game, and then Frost just scores a dirty goal? Wait, you know what I'm I here was for that. I'll, I'll be hyped. I was just going to be like, could you imagine Cody Gauthier just just shouldering somebody and then going top right? But then I remembered it's. February 17th and he'll probably still be in school 
and not not a pro just yet, but yeah. Hopefully Ryan Leonard is a is a flyer too. Like, could you imagine those two down there paired uh, up? I think I'd watch BC's games yeah. more heavily than the Flyers oh, games. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. But we're going to be bad next year, and I love it. Like, I, I love it, <laughs> yeah, bro. I don't know about you. It feels good. We're stacking assets. We're going to be bad. And we're, we're taking on these, these contracts in a way that frees our cap up when it's time to compete. Just like they talked about. It's been one move, but this one move has, has, has kind of backed up what they've they've opening uh or they open the show with so i mean we'll get into the carter hart thing later but we have a long summer here and it's not gonna end here i hope to see a kevin hayes deal done soon and that's another thing i don't know if this was off the podcast when i mentioned this but how about columbus just taking our scraps <laughs> yeah our leftovers like i said they're going for it man and they are and I their scouts must love us yeah True. I mean, we seem to trade with them. Not, I mean, not a crazy amount, but I mean, we're definitely a little familiar with Columbus. But to go back to the Provorov thing, I think like they're seeing it as like this guy is going to play on a second pairing because Wierenski's obviously the first guy up top, and I mean he's out of the spotlight in Columbus on a second pairing with a good defender next to him. I mean, I think it's going to be pretty decent for him. I'm not going to lie, like, I think they're going to be. Like that defense isn't terrible. Like when healthy, they're good. Like Wierenski uh, obviously got hurt pretty early last year. We just mentioned Babcock. Like it really does seem like they're gonna at least try to be competitive next year and build something. Kind of like recognize a core, if you will. Whether or not he's part of that is to be seen. Because I mean, he's still a, what a free agent in two years, so it's interesting. It's interesting for for all three teams, like L.A. Eight thirty percent of Provorov's deal for the next two years, just to get rid of uh, Pedersen. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's interesting for, from every avenue. It's a good deal, like I said, for every team. Every team kind of walked away with what they wanted, and like Breer just said in the press conference, you got to give up something to get something, and it's seems like a very common thing to say and, and understand. But I mean. Is it just me, but is it nice hearing him say that? <laughs> like, or am, I, am I just sitting here? Oh, like, yeah. I mean, we've had past regimes that just want to dodge the question every time. Dodge the, the word right? rebuild every time. It's just nice to see some acknowledgement. And then to see some action that backs up yeah. the words as well. Like I said, it's only the first transaction we've seen out of the, this regime. But it's, it's a transaction... That was uh, more notable than anything the last one did. So, yeah. it's a great tone setter. Do you know what's interesting with the deal too that I've kind of like looked at? After Provorov's getting shipped, they have three defensemen signed through 2024-2025. At Sandheim at 6.25, Risto at 5.1, and then it's going to be York whenever he signs his RFA deal this summer. So, everybody else, Walker... Unrestricted free agent after this year. Sealer, unrestricted free agent after this year. Addered, he'll be signed, but I mean I'm not really counting him as of yet into like the the core of the defense. He's got to prove himself a little bit. And then you got D'Angelo, who I think is gone. I don't think he plays for the Flyers again this this season. So and obviously Zamula and Andre at the back end. So other than that, 
you don't have like main guys with who's who are making real money signed through next year other than Sanheim Risto and York coming up. So they have Log options. jam fixed. Yeah. Log jam fixed. It wasn't good enough. Like I, I was saying this before the podcast, like the amount of money that they were going to commit to that group as a whole and Insane. for the for the production that they were going to get, it's not good enough. It wasn't good enough. Had to be addressed. The last regime refused to do so. They only made it worse. They only added to the fire. It's nice to see it get extinguished a little bit here. Uh, and then, yeah, you start to see some possibilities in your mind as a fan of how you get, how they can build this thing back up on the back end. Patience. And this had to happen for for us to think this way. It's it's, it's certainly a start, right? And like we mm-hmm. just mentioned about 20 minutes ago, 10 minutes ago, it's it's nice to kind of see your your gut feeling, your good gut feeling. I mean, obviously, this isn't the end. Like he has so much more work to do, and all of that. Absolutely, like we're just not get too ahead of ourselves. But for a first move, man, like this just checks a lot of boxes for me. I mean, it helps the cap situation. It helps the log jam. It gets you work back over to his spot. It just it's just a good deal. I mean, you take on Walker and, and, and the goalie, which, I mean, who gives a fuck? The next two years, that's nothing. And then you get that, that second first-round pick, which, I mean, could be used in different, many different ways, whether you want to move up or try to move up. I mean, it's going to be extremely hard to do that. But uh, it just opens up a lot of avenues, Danny. And like I said, it's just an extremely impressive first deal. Like, I know it's a collaborative effort, and like Breer said today, he's on the phone with – Jonesy about four or five times a day, even though Jonesy's doing the the cup final, which is pretty cool to hear. But it's a it's a pretty good first deal, man. I mean, it's nice to have something exciting about this team to to talk about because I mean we haven't had a lot to last. I mean, since we started this podcast, to be completely honest, this this may be the most excited I've been about a trade since the start of the podcast. I wanted to and say, and it's not even that crazy. It's really uh, like, not. It's just. Um, I, I guess it's the timing of it. After years of mediocrity, new regime, clear commitment on the direction, it's all of that combined. That's what makes me excited. It's more than just the move. It's it's like it's like a signal yeah. to the fan base. That's what I really like about it. Do you know what I wanted to say? But I don't want to get too ahead of myself. What's up? Ha- have we seen this creative of a deal in, in Chuck's entire tenure? No. No. Right, like it, this is the most impressive trade that I've seen from the Flyers since Hextall. I mean, let, let's admit Hextall's had some trades where you're like, okay, that's pretty decent. So I mean, we haven't like Chuck was so fucking bad in regards to trading that I have had to give Ron Hextall his flowers. Like I'm, I'm going back and being like, okay. Hextel had a couple of decent trades. I, I miss that. Like, it's nice to see an actual fucking trade where you win. Obviously, Chuck had the, the Ryan Ellis trade, which a lot of people, I feel like, would point to when talking about this. But I just don't see that as any type of win. I mean, you can't. I mean, how can you? No, that's more of a band-aid. Like, this, this took nuts. Because at the yeah. end of the day, you get worse by doing this. Like, you'd make the Ryan Ellis move. You get better. Like, in theory, we didn't. <laughs> but in theory, you get Ryan Ellis, you get better. This move makes you worse. So it's a lot different. It takes more nuts. And be, what did Briere say in the press conference just, just an hour ago? you got to give to get. Mm-hmm. And we've been saying that. 
It sounds like, we, like we've been talking to a wall for years <laughs> saying that. You have to give to get. And there's been people who don't want to hear that, people in the fan base who couldn't accept that, but it's reality. And this is this is the prime example of that right here. you got to yeah. give to get. I mean, not for nothing. Wasn't this exactly something that we wanted to happen a year ago, two years ago with Sandheim? Like, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, you get... When we talk about the program, he had value. Like, there was a team that look at him and say he can be really good on a second pairing. I mean, look at him in the playoffs. He shows up. So, he actually had value. Sandheim does too, but you can't really trade Sandheim now. So, it's nice to see the lot... Especially, especially the logjam getting finally somewhat clear. Like, obviously, I don't think Sandheim's a long-term option, but to get some kind of cap space there and get... The logjam figured out is nice. It feels like there's more room to work with now. Yeah. More maneuverability with the back end. And then hopefully, like, a young guy takes a step. Like, what if Zamula just becomes a player? And he, and, you know? Z- and Zamula can play the right side as well. So, doesn't, wouldn't really be a problem if he does. Just like that, you're more cost controlled than. Pretty sure than does. you were a year ago. A lot more cost controlled than you are, and younger than you were a year ago. A lot longer, yeah. You might not necessarily be better, but the plan <laughs> isn't to be good, and that's what Chuck failed to realize. To so see what you got, and that's something that Briere also mentioned in the press conference today. Like they were mentioning, is York going to take a bigger role? Is are guys like Ad or Andre going to kind of make the jump to the NHL? And he was like, well, obviously there are going to be young guys that are going to get a chance here, and that's what we want to see. We want to see what they can do and obviously there are going to be rough patches from game to game but at the end of the day they want to see what these young guys can do and they're going to let them play which is something that you want to see especially when you're in rebuild rebuild mode so if a guy like Andre can get a chance to see what he got a quarter into the season that'd be awesome Adder if he can make the team out of camp that'd be sick so there are a lot of young guys that like you said they're there were young guys on the offensive side, like York, Cates, Tippett, who took steps with getting that kind of ice time. So maybe this year we can see some of the younger guys take those same kind of steps, but on the defensive side. So I like what I'm hearing, man. Like It makes sense. Like It's not rocket science. So it's nice to see and hear that they're doing what you kind of want them to do. Like Let these young guys play. You're not trying to win. Let's see what we have in them, right? Exactly. It no longer feels like... Let's just try to maximize this season. Even though we know we're not good enough, we know we're not a playoff team, let's go out and get Tony D'Angelo, and let's just try to be the best team we could be. Like, no, fuck that, dude. Be bad. Just be bad. Now, look, get assets. Do what normal teams do, please, for once. Jesus Christ. Thank God. <laughs> and they did, It right? seems like they're doing it. But a uh, common theme from, like, towards... Jones, Briere, coming into this new era has been well, like they they're stressing subtraction. Like yeah, we're gonna have to add, but like the first thing is gonna have to be subtraction. We need to get guys out of that locker room yeah. before we think about bringing guys in. And it's it's pretty interesting that Ivan Provorov was the first one to go. It's just interesting. I'm, I'm not saying there's anything to that, but it's just it interests me. Would you say that you're surprised or? little bit like I, I expected this move to happen I feel like we talked about it going into the summer we knew something had to give as far as the defense especially with Sanheim on July 1st that yeah. ticking clock we knew something had to give but 
I was a little surprised. Like I, I truly thought Kevin Hayes yeah. was going to be the first one. But that really might just be a draft floor move. I, don't... I definitely think he's gone, personally. Like, I'm not saying I have any oh, inside yeah, yeah. source or anything, but a gut feeling. Yeah, I, I do not think – I don't think Hayes and I don't think D'Angelo play a game as a flyer again. No, I, I really this don't. isn't Chuck Fletcher. Like This yeah. regime can, can actually subtract guys properly, and I think that they will – they will subtract Kevin Hayes. I mean, how long have you been joking about, oh, we've known Provorov has been on the fucking block for three years now. Like, this, this isn't a, a, yeah. a, a joke. I mean, a, a shock to me at all. And Chris, they did it in a week. Like, <laughs> it feels like they just had that press conference. It's amazing, right? Yeah. Isn't it? Like, if you really do think about it, and obviously you don't want to just keep bringing up Chuck Fletcher like some jealous fucking ex or something, but I mean... I made a joke today on Twitter. He's probably sitting wherever the fuck he's sitting, like just bamboozled over this trade. Like, oh my god, what, what? Like, you can do that kind of thing. And I apologize if you can hear my fucking puppy barking. I, I'm sorry. She just, she does not shut up. But Chuck Fletcher is definitely sitting somewhere, just like what? You can, <laughs> you can get creative like that. <laughs> it's funny to think about because, like you said, a week. You, you can rebuild. <laughs> a week, dude. It took him a week. After they talk to us. <laughs> like. Dude, I know. They spent the first week doing those, like, docu- little YouTube documentaries and shit. And they somehow, in all that, managed to get a pro Rob deal done in about a week. But now we're talking about, like, potential Carter Hart moves. And, like, this is going to get interesting. And this is a full commitment to this direction. And I'm excited, man. I really don't know how the rest of this summer is going to play out, but I'm glad I don't know because I feel like years in the past, or at least every year we've done this podcast, we've known how the summer is going to play out. Like, we'll hype it up in our mind. Maybe they'll go out and get Line A. Maybe they'll go out and get Goudreau. But we always came back to earth and realized nothing's going to happen. We're, we're going to be poverty, Band-Aids, yeah. D'Angelo, Dale Weiss tight moves see like looking back on it i don't even blame us for having those hopes because like the gm of our hockey team gave us the hope that hey we're gonna go out there and, and aggressively retool i mean he said he said it word for word out of his mouth so like looking and back on it, i don't regret getting hyped for a potential line eight trade or something like that because that's, like, that's what a, like what i was told but now i'm told that they're gonna rebuild and i'm seeing them back the fucking words up like it's not rocket science and it's nice to see finally fucking happen you know yeah, you're actually you're absolutely right. Like Chuck Fletcher was brought in to be the the win now, take the next step for the uh, the end of the Giroux era type of general manager, and we've seen more aggression out of Danny Briere already. It's like Chuck Fletcher was so passive for a guy that was brought on to succeed a, a passive guy. Like, the, that was the complaint with Ron Hextall. That's why he was replaced, is because he was too passive. He was, he was sitting on his chips too much. And that's exactly what Chuck Fletcher did. And it's so disappointing, especially... Maybe he was too scarred, had too much PTSD from the days of the Minnesota Wild with, with Zach Parise and Ryan Suter just giving them fucking lifetime deals. Maybe he was scarred. But... That was terrible, man. And I'm glad to be out of that era. I really am. That was that was so painfully boring. That's the word I'd use to describe it. Like because we're going to be terrible next year, but it, it's not going to be boring. If that makes any sense. 
I mean, like they like, weren't the, boring last year, yeah, but it was I like agree, frustrating because the GM was under this weird notion that they were like low key good, but they weren't. But they're gonna be bad and fun to watch this year coming up, and my GM is gonna understand that we're in rebuild mode. So like I'm fine. Like we're gonna be able to enjoy young players breaking out because they're not gonna be wasted. I mean, obviously, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself by saying that, but like, what I'm trying to say is like, they're not gonna, it's not gonna be, oh, they they have a breakout year this year, and then they go out and try to sign a, a 37 year old to, to try to win a cup. You know what I mean? Like, they're gonna be developed properly and brought up properly, and it's not gonna be a retool. Uh, that's what it comes back to, man. It, it's it, they're gonna do it the right way. So, at the end of the day, that might be the biggest positive from this regime at least I hope, is the improvement of development. I mean, if they can get that fixed, get that in gear, and they're already working at it, they're already putting the hammer to the anvil. Like, if they can figure out the development side of things, it's massive. It's everything. It's it's truly everything. If they figure that out, suddenly I don't think we're that far off. Seriously. If they could just figure out how to develop players properly. If these guys can become and hit their ceilings, it's got to happen, though. It's got to happen, but if it were to happen, like if these guys hit their ceilings, we're not as far off as it seems. But they got to get there. Yeah, and that's something that Keith Jones brought up like one of the first times he talked as president of Hockey Ops was like the development point side of things has to really improve and get better. So it's a huge, a huge question mark that like looms over this organization. Like you can make all the cool picks that you want. Like you can go out and draft a Ryan Leonard, go out and draft a Zach Benson, but Benson. But are you going to development develop them to the point where they reach their ceilings? And that's a question that you have regarding this team because they've give you every reason to think that. I mean what is a young guy that's kind of reached his ceiling as a Flyers? Prospect. Or exceeded it, right? Exceeded like, it. when was what's the last guy that straight up exceeded expectations? It's it's brutal. It really, I, is. I generally would have to sit here and, and think about it for a little bit, and I don't want to go that far back. I kind of want to keep things <laughs> looking into the future with this exciting news today. But it is sad that I have to actually sit here and think about it. Like, it's Frost finally shot, uh, showed some signs of uh, who he could be, and I think he's going to have a, a really good year next year. York's still question mark, Forrester. But other than that... If Noah Cates gets an offense game, gets an offensive game, yeah. develop that, that could be useful as well, for sure. I think like on a playoff-winning team, he is like an insanely good 3C. And he's a guy that you want yeah. in your bottom six. Frustrating player. Yeah. And he's young as hell, too. He's only 23. No, he's only 24, I think. So, not that far off from, like, York and, I mean, Frost and, like, Tippett. So, we do have a couple of questions. And I'm pretty sure they're all dank, being dank. <laughs> like, there's six questions, and I'm pretty sure one, two, three, four of them, five of them are dank. There's eight questions. I'm sorry. Five of them are dank. Like, like, dang, if you listen to this, bro, <laughs> you're blowing our shit off. First question, is Danny B over or under seven foot? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, is he? Is he? Because, I mean, he, he, he threw his fucking balls on the table today, Danny. Is he fucking seven foot five? Because today he was. He is. That was a, a he is. good trade for fucking Danny. 
especially when the playoffs hit. So it, the the second question is actually a good transition point because it's expected heart return versus dream heart return, and, and that's something that we saw like ten minutes after the Provorov trade dropped today. I was scrambling in my car to get home. I don't know. I think it was like ten or fifteen minutes right after the Provorov trade dropped. I was like, no way, that heart's gonna go. This, this I was, soon after. I was like, what, what, what? <laughs> I was looking at my phone. I was just like sleepy before that too. And I look at my phone and I was like, wow. Woke what your a jaw of energy. I was like, holy shit. Woke your ass. You were right like, Provorov's gone. <laughs> you, yeah, dude, you were like, what, what? <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's another thing that's been on the, on the Twitter feed today is a potential heart trade like they're in talks but apparently that Briere is just listening gauging gauging interest so we'll see where that goes i've heard teams like what was the one team that they were saying on twitter i forget who they were. i think it was either toronto or edmonton i heard la edmonton LA. i've heard montreal i've heard so many teams yeah. i feel like we don't really know at this no, point in time, who, who the running favorite is. Nah, yeah, it's still it's still an open door. Absolutely. As far as the return goes, I actually have a tough time putting together my realistic, like what I truly think the package is going to be. Mm-hmm. I, re- I really struggle with this because oftentimes it's, it's pretty disappointing. And I feel like I may give them a little too much credit in what I want. Yeah. Versus what I may actually get. Well, there's also not a lot of other goalie trades where it's a 24-year-old, not star. He's not like a cemented yeah. star, but potential star. Mil. Yeah, there's not a lot of times, times that you can go back and compare to the other trades. I mean, it doesn't happen a lot. So, dream trade for me, dream return, I mean, would be if it's like Montreal... Obviously a top five pick, but like you never that's never gonna happen. I mean Montreal would laugh at that in my opinion. But um a first round pick, obviously, whether that be next year or this year. But if it's this year, I it's gonna come from a team that doesn't have a top five or top ten pick. So depends on who the team is with what I would want my dream return be, but definitely a first round pick. I mean I think if Provorov gets that, what's hard get, right? Exactly. That's really what it comes down to. Um, all I know is, from what I've heard from Briere, they're they're not gonna do this deal unless it really makes yeah. sense. And I'm I'm glad. I'm glad. I I trust them. I trust them with that. So if it comes down to the wire and I start getting notifications that this deal is getting done, I, I'm I think I'm gonna trust them. Yeah. I'm gonna trust them. What, I think it's going to be fine. What he said today in the press conference, if you personally, I read between the, the lines a little bit when he was asked about the, the heart stuff, and what I read from that was, listen, we're listening. Everybody on the roster is obviously available. We're open for business. But regarding heart, I haven't heard anything that's blown, blown me away. You know what I mean? Like Nothing's stopped, stopped me from talking to other teams. Nobody's got my attention from it. So until that happens, nothing's going to happen with Hart. So I think it's like a kind of like a poker a poker move if you will. Cuz like he really wasn't saying much about it, but at the same time I think he was. Like he's like, "Yeah, we're listening, but nothing's really I like really... the way they're playing. Yeah. It. The, so just just like the way said, they, they operate yeah. is different now. 
And like you said, it's not going to happen unless it's a it's a big trade and he, he, he gets what he wants. And I trust him for sure, especially after this trade. Like if you're trading Carter Hart, it's got to be a first-round pick with a, like an A prospect. Like if it's L.A., you got to bring back their first. I'm pretty sure they have another one. And then you got to bring back, like, Brant Clark or something. Or, like, Quinton Byfield. Like, somebody has to come yeah. back from in that kind of caliber if you're trading away Carter Hart at 24 years old. So, but the possibilities and are exciting. It's, it's enticing if you're one of these teams, man, because at the end of the day, he's going to be making 3.9. And, yeah, you're going to have to pay him eventually, but if you're a really good team, you could get Carter Hart 3.9. If you're in win now mode, it's uh it's interesting. I'm excited to see what happens with that. Especially really if you're am. a playoff team, because if you're a playoff team and you're looking at Carter Hart at that kind of money, and I know it's not for long, but I mean you're going to be willing to give up whatever to get that guy on that good contract. Because I mean they, I mean we see what a goalie on a hot streak can do for you in the playoffs. And I mean if you can find that, you can go deep, man. I mean, look up yeah, You see these teams that have missed it, like yeah. like Edmonton and and For Toronto. So many times. I mean, like, look at the Hurricanes. I mean, Hurricanes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I feel that's like, all they've that's all they've missed. Yeah, like they're they are that one, like number one goalie away from probably being a dynasty, but they don't have it. Yeah, and they've had drama surrounding their goalies. Like, I feel like every fucking off season too. I feel like they don't have a guy that's like just their dude there it's just a random name yeah. every time i go and fucking look at carolina's goalies it's it's, it's ridiculous it's like a carousel it's constant fucking interchanging so they need to find something steady i mean it doesn't have to be a fucking star goalie but i mean my god get some stability with that team and i, I think that's another team that really needs a not a complete obviously rebuild but you got to tweak something there, man. Jesus Christ. Yeah, because that, that team should have been in a cup final exactly. by now. Absolutely. Yeah. Seth, another guy, asking us a question. Seth, I'm not going to pronounce your last name because I do not want to butcher it, but Seth, who's around 22nd overall that the Flyers are interested in? Follow-up, do they move 7 plus 22 to get higher in the draft? Now, that's something that me and you talked about. The, the combining 7 and 22 and then possibly that Florida pick to move up in the top 5 it's a possibility but I personally do not think that the other teams in the top 5 would go for it I, I just don't I think the top 5 in this draft is so valuable that I don't think mm-hmm. there's a lot of trades that would entice those GMs to move that pick I just don't that's my opinion Yeah, like the, the talent that's in the top 5 of this draft you can't just go out and replace or replicate or sign, like this is once in a like a life like a lifetime player you might get here seriously. So, and I feel like you gotta stick to your guns. And I feel like seven plus twenty two to move up to like sixth or fifth is way too much to move up one or two spots. Mm-hmm. So the only scenario that you're moving seven and twenty two is top three, and that's just not fucking happening. So. Yeah. No. Cause, cause they the, make the pick. We talked about it. Like the truth is, picking at seven is really like not that bad. Like it's actually there's some advantages to this. Not in this draft. There's a, there's a lot of pressure taken off of us in a way that someone's gonna drop to us. Yeah. 
someone who we really like who's on our draft boards in our war room is going to be there at seven. Yeah. And it's just a matter of how the rest of the board plays out. And that's very, it, that's going to be very fun to see, just to see all the picks rattle off. And let's say you see a, like Reinbacher go, mm-hmm. then one of the one, that's another forward on the board. Maybe Mitch Cobb drops a little bit. Or, I don't know. Let's say let let's say this. Obviously, Bedard's gonna go one to the Chicago. Fantilli two to the Ducks, and then I think either Will Smith or Carlson to Columbus, and then Sharks just pick whoever's left from those two. So, Carlson and Smith four or five. You can interchange them if you want, but it's still the same top five. I mean top four. I'm sorry. Five. I think it's either Mishkov, Leonard, or Reinbacher. I, I've been leaning Leonard for Montreal. I think that's a great ad for them, but maybe they do go Mitchkov. But if, like, Montreal goes Leonard and then Arizona goes, like, Dvorsky or Reinbacher, we have Benson Jeez. and Leonard and more to pick from. And then even if, like, Montreal goes, if, if it goes Bedard, Fantilli, Carlson, Smith, Mitchkov, Dvorsky, we have to pick from Benson, Leonard, and more. Or Reinbacher, if they want to go defenseman. Like there's, like you said, this draft is so fucking deep that no matter w- what happens, one through six, they're gonna get a good player. And obviously, you have the dream scenarios where it's like Bedard first, Fantilli second, fucking Dvorsky third, Oliver Moore fifth, and like just there are like dudes that you thought were gonna go top nine, top eight that kind of jump ahead because it's such a crazy deep draft and teams could have other guys higher. I mean, if that happens, I mean, then an insane guy drops you, like a Will Smith sitting there at seven, and you're just like, how the fuck did this happen? So in this draft, yeah, seven is seven is not the – actually, you kind of could compare it to the, the Provorov draft, which I I mean, I think this draft is a lot deeper than that draft, but, I mean, that draft was also fucking insane too. But I think this is an even better pick, which is insane to think about. I mean, not, not, not that Provorov turned out to be anything, which is ironic that we're talking about that now. But now, nah, but if you look at some of those pick. middle, some of those middle lottery picks, it definitely uh, was a little more disappointing than expected. Yeah, there's obviously a lot of studs in that draft, but I mean, I just think of a couple guys off top like uh, Zaka, Pavel Zaka. Yeah, uh, was Hannafin? Was he in that draft? Noah Hannafin. I mean, I mean, he's like he's a decent player, but. I think he was third overall, wasn't he? What was that? Uh, 2020, uh, 2020, 2015, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it was going to be David first, Jack Eichel second, Dylan Strome third. Okay, that's what. I, yeah, that's what exactly what I'm talking about yeah. right there. The middle, like, crop of that. Mitch Marner fourth, Noah Hannafin okay. fifth, Pavel Zaka sixth, Provorov seventh, Berinsky eighth, Timo Meyer ninth, Miko Rantanen tenth. So, like, Miko Rantanen <laughs> goes third. Or maybe fucking second in front of Eichel. No, yeah. probably definitely second behind McDavid in that draft. So, yeah. That's, I mean, that's insane, too, if we go back and look at that. But to answer his question, 22nd overall, there are going to be a plethora of guys. Like, maybe Gabe Peralt's there. Maybe Matthew Wood's there. Brandon Yeager, if he's sitting there, I would love. Andrew Kristoff, if he drops. Like, there are so many guys that I would fucking love. Because, I mean, that 22nd overall, we talked about it earlier, you're taking a shot. A high-ceiling guy. Especially... As soon as I say that, I automatically think Andrew Cristal personally, because there are things about his game that obviously you have worries about, and he's going to stay out of the top ten. But, I mean, if he can improve those things, he is such an elite playmaker. 
I, I put him right behind Benson and Bedard in terms of just pure playmaking. He is so talented in terms of just hands and IQ and navigating spaces and absorbing pressure and finding passes while attracting two guys to him. It's just insane. So he's a guy that I would really like at 22nd. Uh, there's just so many guys. I mean, I could sit here Leonard for... Leonard and Kristall. Yeah. I mean, I could sit here for hours, man. I mean, Tom, uh, Tom Wallander. Don't know if I butchered his name, but he's a Swedish defenseman. He's like 6'3". He can skate. He's got a good shot. Good defensive stick. I mean, there's so many guys. I mean, I could sit here forever, like I said, but... It's, One of those defensemen, It's such too, a good like trade, this, man. Like, this, yeah. this is such a deep fucking draft man and to get that pick is so big man and then two seconds and then two seconds just because and just they're to take not off done they're not they're not and, just, and you're taking off two shitty contracts who gives a fuck it's a great deal it's a really good deal and i'm not just saying it because it's his first deal and i want something to get excited about but I, that second first round pick this year is just so fucking good man it's just so good it's a good ship rear like, what if they get this hard deal done and they add another pick? Now, now it gets fun. <laughs> now now we're playing fucking NHL GM mode where I, I, I trade the entire roster just to load up for the 2023 draft. Oh, it's fun, though, man. It really is. Because for years I've sat back and watched other franchises do this, stack assets, and then they just eat on draft day. They come out of the first round with, like, two, three just – guys you're really excited about and i'm always jealous of that and it, it's our turn it's our turn to build it yep. build it the right way be excited about some high-end high-ceiling prospects uh, it's been a long time since since we've been excited in that regard so michael johnson got a question flyers are going to be staffed with the picks in 2024 like we just talked about absolutely how big is the drop-off in talent compared to 2023 um, I think the drop off after like nine and ten is not insanely steep, but it's just the top ten next year. I just don't think is going to be filled with just a, with as many pl- good players as this year. So, what would you narrow that down to? Like four or five? Where, where's the big drop off? You think like seven, seven or eight? Like seven. I'm not just saying that because we have sevens, but like serious, I think. Yeah, I think they. I, I think anybody that you get top eight, nine. I'm gonna say one more than that is just really good. Cause I mean, like, even if you're ten and eleven, Oliver Moore or Nate Danielson there. I mean, that's awesome. So, yeah, I think it's not in like significantly steep because 2024 class is pretty good, especially with defensemen. I mean, that's a defenseman heavy draft next year. Um, yeah, it's definitely. Not as good as 2023 because I don't think there's going to be a draft for a while that that's this top heavy. But in terms of death, it's not that much different to answer your question. I don't know if that makes sense <laughs> if I answered it completely. Dude, let, let's let's get Leonard, let's get Kristal, Benson, and fine. and next year let's lose a lot of games, and then with them with all of that picks we got stockpiled, we'll the, get our defense. And then Celebrini, out. first overall. Yup, yup. The next or Austin that, yep. Matthews. Yeah, all right. Let's already start talking about it. Celebrini. Tank for Celebrini. Let's do it. I mean, we, we're going to be bad. <laughs> oh, and yeah. Our di- and, and our division's tough. Like, we're going to be gonna getting be our ass beat. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to be getting our ass beat. Flyer season. Would you draft at 22 or would you use that pick and potentially others to move up in the draft? Um, 
if you can potentially move up into like the late teens, yeah, absolutely, you look into that. But I would have no problem if they sat at twenty two and just picked the best overall player. Absolutely zero problem. Yeah, just having that it just adds a whole new element to, yeah. to the rebuild. Just in general, it, it really makes things that much more exciting because uh, we're gonna come out of this first round hopefully now with with two guys. Yep. To high, really high ceiling. Really guys high that we're ceiling. Be exciting about yeah. Like the, the the first guy is gonna be not just high ceiling, but this guy can be the, one of the faces of our franchise for the next fucking fifteen years. So I mean, it's so exciting to think about. Uh, Derek Flylander, no questions. Just have to commend Danny for pouncing on this opportunity. Why haven't we? We haven't won a trade in how long? Question mark. Couldn't agree more, Derek. It's a breath of fucking fresh air, my man. Sitting here, clapping, commending them. Absolutely, it's 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 a nice change of pace, if you will. From this is what we want. How how often have we talked about during the season? All we want is during the summer to just wake up and get a crazy notification that Ivan Provorov got traded or something like that. <laughs> Some, it's, something. It's right? Simple ass. We just want it crumbs. Yep. And we're getting them, and we're grateful. And we'll eventually ask for more, but for now, I'm appreciative of this. Wait, what did you say to me on, on, on text day that had me crying? You were like, I asked for chaos, and I'm getting chaos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, true. Yeah, was... It's true, man. And hopefully it's not done yet. Maybe maybe we can hop on for an emergency pod tomorrow or, or in two or three days. I'm with it. That's I mean, the cost of chaos, man. That's the cost. You, 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 you check your phone and see that Carter Hart, player who I love got nothing but love for is going to be traded or is in rumors to be traded i have the utmost confidence that if that trade happens he brings back something that like i am screaming something, about yeah something you're happy with yeah for sure you have to think like there's no way he would just let that slip for nothing there's no reason to like the the yeah there's truly no reason to at the end of the day there's no urgency to get rid of him it's it's wow me yeah. That's really what it is. It's, it's, it's wow it's, me or I'll keep the 24-year-old fucking goalie who's not going to come in insane money. Like yeah. I, I, I can afford to keep Hart through my rebuild and then still afford him when I'm ready to be good again. Like There are scenarios where you keep Hart and you're good and like it's okay. And there's oh, a definitely. scenario where you trade him. Like, there are just, like you said, just wow me because I, I have the leverage here. I can keep them and basically and tell you to go fuck yourself, or you can wow me and, and, and get serious. Yeah, like here. you're the team that needs the goalie. Exactly. Like you're the team that can't get past the second round because you don't have a goalie. So pay, like pay up, dude. Seriously, like you want to win the Stanley Cup, you got to pay up. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's the magnitude of that move. Because whoever's going to be trading for a Carter Hart, like that team wants to go out and win the Stanley Cup. So it's like you're gonna have to pay for that. Like right now, they're in the group chat talking about if they can get another third. I mean, another first. Derek goes draft night hall. Carlson Leonard. No wait, no, never mind. That's not what they're talking about. I thought they were talking about if we can get another pick. He said Carlson Leonard and Simashev. I was like, how the fuck would we get Carlson? That'd be crazy. (laughs) Carlson and Leonard. I was like, whoa. I got a little bit ahead of myself there, but exciting times ahead, nonetheless, Danny. It's good to talk to you about good things. I'm not oh, dude, this, this is, misery. This is fun. This right? is fun. We're going to get a stud at the end of this month. Maybe. Oh, we're going to get two. Scratch that. We're going to get two. And we're going to go into this season. It's going to be a rough season, but I think the product is going to be enjoyable in a sense that you're watching players grow. 
and I just think from there it's just going to be an uphill climb. So I, I'm excited. I got, I finally have some optimism. It's been it's been years. I'm not yeah. gonna lie to you. It's been years since I've had genuine optimism. Even when I've had a little bit of false hope in the past, it w- it was really short lived and it was unrealistic. Whereas now I think like. If you, you see the steps the team is making, you see the stability in the organization, you see the new ownership, the team's going to get some new jerseys. Like it, It's going to have a whole new vibe yep. around it, and you just, I, I hope the culture gets back to what it once was, and I finally feel like we're going to get that team one day. Like I said, I don't care that it's not next year, but yeah. I feel like I'm going to get that team that I've always wanted one day. There's hope and, at the end of the day, to put it, to put it lightly, shortly. There's hope, finally, within the organization, within the fan base. Like, everyone's engaged now. Like, look at Twitter. Twitter's fun to be on right now. Yeah, it's about the process now. Just step by step, little wins. Like, you know, next year, like, Frost comes out, scores like 65 points. Just little wins. Like, like Tippett goes out, scores like 34 or something. Yeah. Just, just little Ws that keep adding up, adding up, adding up, adding up, until eventually, oh, fuck, we're a good hockey team again. Like, it's going to be exciting to just join in on that process and not have it be for nothing. It feels like the last 10 years you're watching a whole lot of nothing. You're watching guys develop who don't fit a timeline for nothing. You're watching Drew put the team on his back for nothing. Like, there's a purpose behind what is going to happen now, what you see on the ice. It's it's all bigger picture now. Yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, Frost is breaking out right now, but he's going to be even better in three years, and that's the exciting part about it. 24 years old, so... There are, like, a lot of exciting... Like, that's something that Briere also mentioned. Like, in the trade today, it was either picks or young players. Like, that's what he specified. Like, 25 or younger were picks. That's what I want. And I love the fact that, like, that's the mentality within the organization right now. So, I mean, what does he get back for a healthy Sean Couturier next year? If Sean Couturier can stay healthy, prove that he's healthy, and, and, and play a couple months before the trade deadline. What does he potentially bring back? Now, I'm not saying he brings back an insane haul, but you could turn it into something, right? Accuracy. Yeah. Same thing goes with Absolutely. him. Absolutely. So, it's and, exciting. And the biggest thing is is just the shedding of the salary cap. Like, you're just opening up the sandbox. At the end of the day, like, with the way the salary cap has been lately, that is an asset in itself, yeah. just shedding salary, like, just having that out. We've seen how difficult it's been. Like, with our previous GM. He couldn't shed a lick of salary. I mean, it's... Couldn't do anything. It, it's tough out here. And now Gary Bettman's saying the salary cap's only going to go up by one mil uh, next year, and then 2024, 2025, that's when the big jump mm-hmm. uh, is hopefully going to happen. So I mean, I, I feel like I've heard that's that exciting. for forever, but we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll fucking see, right? Well, you got to think, like, the ES, the, that TV deal's got to amount to something. I mean, shit, how much escrow debt are those players in? Fuck. I mean, you can fucking you can thank uh, what team? Well, you can thank Arizona for that. I feel like if Arizona wasn't in the NHL, we would already have like an expanded cap ceiling. Oh yeah, but I feel like they're just uh, Ariz- Arizona is is awful. I know. Just just a straight embarrassment to professional sports, <laughs> right? Like you look at teams like I like look at Seattle and Vegas, like they just came in the league and I know they had some advantages working their way or whatever people want to get mad about, but just look at the markets. Like look at their home buildings. Look at the vibe of their playoff games. I haven't even seen Arizona in a playoff game since I was 11 years old. Like <laughs> this is this is re- like not a real team. Like, this prime is like Mike Smith. 
was last time yeah, I saw that it's, it's not a real team. Like, yeah, Shane Doan and them guys. Like, it, it's really, like, it's the team everyone goes to to put their, like, their, their, their 40-year-old guys who don't want to play hockey. Like, Ryan Ellis. The first thing I think of, right, like, yeah, let's just sling them to Arizona. Like, that should not be, like, Proctor there should not contract. just be a destiny. Yeah. Datsu contract, like yeah. there should there should not be a destination Hosa. where everyone just like dumps their trash. That's basically what Arizona is. They just dump. It's like a dump exchange. We just listed like five guys: Marion Hosa, Pavel Datsu, Chris Pronger, who else? Ryan Ellis. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> that'd be nice. Oh, dude, it's like it's every year. I mean, dude, that that would be a fun thing. Like go through the names of the contracted Arizona Coyote and just make a lineup. I, like I even saw if a they, graphic even if they, on it. It was funny as shit. Really? It's like a, it's like, it's like a fucking all-star shit. Dude. Yeah, it's probably Think about good. that. The fucking... It's, Pavel Dasuk Hosa would be like your 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 your, your two forwards. And then Pronger would be one of your defensemen. So. Oh, 100%. If we actually went back and... We'll do that for next episode. That'll be our homework. we got to come back and, 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 and at least set a, a lineup. Three forwards, two defensemen, and a goalie for that. So... That'll be something fun to do for the next one. Because next one, we're going to do a mock draft. I said it was going to be this one, but next one, I feel like it's I, a perfect I will add, to if, if a Carter Hart trade is to happen anytime in the near future, that is a call for another emergency Absolutely. one. For another follow-up. Absolutely. Otherwise, like you said, normal one, we'll, it was just going to be a mock draft next time. Yeah, I agree. That sounds good. The people want to hear it. Absolutely. Is there anything else? No. Might want to discuss here. This is this is awesome. We're open for business per Danny Briere. So let's yeah, go. He keeps roll. saying it. I love I love these quotes, dude. I know. He's just like it's oh, just let's like go. it's basic, but when when you don't have it for that for years, like you feel the absence. Like when your GM is lying to you and insulting your intelligence for years, it it gets to you as a fan. It really does. So, like, just getting that honesty, and even Tortorella last year coming in, just getting that honesty, uh, it, it means a lot as a fan. It checks you back in. Absolutely. Because they see it, too. So, exciting times. Episode 96. That's a wrap. Follow us on all socials at the TheLibertyO. Follow me at T-O-Y Danny on Twitter. Follow Chris at Chris Stumps. Go floor.